0: Friends, welcome back to Grace and Growth. I'm your host, Bailing Gad, and you're listening to the first episode of season two. I am super pumped about this season. Um, I, if you haven't listened to season one already, it's all about the Enneagram, and I interview each type. So go check out your type if you haven't already. This season is not really going to have a set theme like season one did. It's really meant to be flexible and super open because I just want to have conversations on different topics and. Um parts of life with different guests. Um, and so kind of with that kind of flexible theme, um, I thought that this first episode I would kind of share a little bit about my own story, especially my own faith journey. Um, and um, just share some of the truths that I have learned over the years. Um, share some of the lies that I believed about God and his nature and who he was. Um, and share who I who I now believe him to be, um, and, and the freedom that that has brought into my life. Um, I have a journal in my hand, you can't see obviously, but I'm just going to be reading some of the thoughts that I've written down. Um, and hopefully you, you can relate to some of the things that I'm about to say. Um, some of the things that I've, I've written down are my own and then other things, um, come from people that I really admire and look up to, Um, So hopefully it just gives you language because I just I love having language for for what I feel or for what I think. Um, So I'm just going to begin with some of the things that I've written down in this journal. Um, So the first thing that I I have here that I wrote down says God cares volumes more about who I am than what I do for him. Um, For me as someone who strives a lot, um, I, grew up with the belief that who I am is not enough for God. Um, and so in order to be enough, I have to perform and I have to do, um, in order to gain his affection and in order to gain his love. And, um, in this season of my life, I feel like God has just been showing me and teaching me that he cares so much more about my being than about my doing. Um, So that's just something that I have in this journal. Um, I think I I wrote another little entry and I say, I think I'm so moved to do more because I think the more I do, the more I'm worthy of love. And I think that's so human of us to think that the more we like to reward (laughs) Our good performance through the love of God. God does not love us because we're good. God loves us because he's good. But I think we are so used to earning, earning our worth, earning love that we, even though God is freely giving to us and he's not giving to us because of our behavior, I think we interpret so much, so much of how I view God has been through my own interpretation and my own. Perspective and my own hurts than from truth, um, and so I'm I'm really learning um, in this season that I I'm already worth worth worthy. I do not have to work for my worth. Um, this okay. This next one that I have here has blown me away. Amanda Lindsay Cook, If you, I, I, I talk about her all the time. I love that woman. Oh, my gosh, you guys. She has given me so much language for so much that I didn't even know that I needed language for. And uh, she said this next one. She said, I am not my thoughts. I am an observer of my thoughts. Um, I didn't even know how much I attribute what I think to, I think, oh, my gosh, I'm thinking a certain thing. I must be that or if that certain thing is not, you know, very like good. um, I think, oh my gosh, I must not be good. Or if I think like, you know, if I'm angry at that moment or if like every I'm like super fed up with the person, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sinning. Um, And our thoughts, (laughs) what we think is not sin. It's what we do with our thoughts that that becomes sin. Um, And I, I love how she talks about what is our posture towards our thoughts. Um, my posture thor- towards, why am, I, why am I not speaking English right now? Towards my thoughts um, were always a posture of judgment. It was always a posture of um, like, how dare you think that? Um, but she talks about instead of viewing our thoughts through judgment, we should view our thoughts through curiosity. So when a thought pops up, we ask ourselves, why am I thinking that? What, what is this thought trying to teach me? What is this thought trying to say about my current emotions right now? Instead of judging ourselves for what we're experiencing or what we're thinking or what we're feeling. And my second favorite thing or not favorite thing, something else that I absolutely love that she said is that our job is to ga- gather our thoughts and our emotions and then God's job is to sort them. I do a lot of sorting of my own thoughts on my own. A lot of the times I tell myself, um, how dare you think this? They're like, oh, I can't even tell God what I'm thinking right now because it's like already so like bad. Um, I would never want him to know what I'm thinking, but that is not my job. My job is to bring him on my thoughts, to bring him all my crap. And then his job is to say, "Okay, this thought is good. Okay, this thought, not so much. Let's let's learn from this thought, Balin. Balin, you're hurt in this place. Let's heal that place instead of shaming me. God's voice is never, never shame. And I think a lot of the times, um, especially as a church, like people think that we can shame people into the right behavior. And shame is never going to bring transformation. Only love brings transformation. And God's voice is always love." Um, I'm going to continue. (laughs) Oh, another thing she said about thought. She says, to take captive every thought does not mean to banish every thought. I thought that was so deep because I think a lot of the times when I think a thought that I'm like, oh my gosh, how dare I think that I must banish it. Um, instead of bringing it to the Lord. Um, I, I think that's powerful, especially because that, that expression, take captive every thought is, is thrown around so much, but no one knows a lot of the times what that truly means. Um, and I, I, I like the idea of, I think it means gathering it and then giving it to the Lord to sort them. Here's another one that I said, I said, Jesus places no expectations on what he has given me. Um, I think a lot of, I hate expectations. So let me just say that I'm like, expectations just, they make me anxious and they are not, nobody likes feeling like they need, they need to be something or do something for, do what the other person expects. Like, that is just a way to kill a relationship right off the bat. Um, and and Jesus is all about relationships. It's all about a relationship. It's, it's not about a performance. And so I just love that. Like, no expectations on what he has given me. Another thing that I have learned... Um, is that God is, he does not want to use me. I know that we hear that phrase thrown around so much in church. Like we hear that all the time. God wants to use you. God, like be a vessel so that God can use you. And um, I get the heart behind that. And I think the heart behind that is beautiful. But God, the word use implies that like the other person is a tool and it's not about a relationship. It's more about a transaction type thing. And honestly, we would never say to our kids, we would never tell our children, I can't wait until you grow up so then I can use you. Like we would never say that in a relationship or in a loving relationship. Yeah, I think we apply that so much to God and the word use like God wants to use me. It places so much emphasis on me in the relationship when really the relationship is about God's love for me and I can depend on that. It's not, if like, he doesn't end up using me or if it's my impact on this world isn't as big as I in my head my expectations I think it's supposed to be I am no less worthy of love and I am no less worthy of existing and being (laughs) because I think God is so much more about our being than our doing um another Another concept that I love, oh my goodness, I love this concept, Um, it's God as a divine artist. I love art. Oh, that's just my language. I love art. And just the concept of God being a divine artist is so beautiful. And this quote I'm about to get from a book called Lies We Believe About God by um, William Paul Young. It is so good. I highly recommend it. Any book by William Paul Young. He's my favorite author. Um, he, He is just so... He's an out-of-the-box thinker. And that, those are just my people, like people who, do, who, who ask questions, profound questions. Um, and he does it in a way that's so full of love and so full of truth. And he says this, Scripture shows that God has a heart of an artist, not a grim construction planner. Um, what that means is I think a lot of the times we think um, God has this like really fixed plan for our life. And if we mess it up, if we mess one little puzzle piece in that plan, uh, God can no longer use us. Back to that word, using. Um, like God, uh, he's he's really angry now that we messed up this plan. But really, that that's a like the that's what he means by construction planner. Um, but he's he's not a construction planner. He's an artist, and what that means is that he he is he will, he has such a, God has such a high view of humanity and he is a respecter of persons and he is a respecter of choices and he will step into into our mess and he will step into the choices that we've made and he will still create beauty out of our mess and he will still create beauty out of our screw up and I think we play so much pressure. I know I play so much pressure on myself to be exactly who like God wants me to be, um, when when there is no pressure in love, there is no pressure in relationships. And whenever we're feeling pressure, a lot of the times it's because we're attributing our worth to whatever we're doing or our worth to whatever we're striving to become, instead of abiding in the worth that we already have. As As children of God. And I think, I think every single human being is a child of God. I just think it's our choice whether we decide to respond to that invitation of family and to that invitation of friendship and to that invitation of companionship with God. Um, because he gives us the choice because that's what love does. Love takes risks. Um, I this is another this is a quote by Amanda Lindsay Cook, and she says, "In our hustle to make things matter, we forget we're already made of matter." Um, I think that is so beautiful, and I I think it just goes back to what I'm what I was saying about we are already made of matter. We don't have to strive to make ourselves matter or to make. Things matter because I think a lot of the times in that striving, it's it can often come from a place of I must do this in order to be worthy instead of I already am worthy, so I will do it. And that ultimately is what our life is meant to look like. And it's such a process and it's such a journey because that is what life with God looks like it is a journey, it's not a destination. Um, it is a He is infinite, and so we are infinitely getting to know who love is and what love looks like and in that process we're we're ref- we're being reflected like an image of who we were created to be and so we're infinitely getting to know who we are as well which i just think is so beautiful because as someone who loves discovery and who loves endless possibilities and who loves learning i just i think that's what captivates me about god and i think that's what captivates my attention and why I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, ah, there's awe in this moment. This is sacred ground because I'm getting to know more of his nature and he is taking off the pressure that I put on myself. And then I guess the last thing that I'm going to share, um, is that God is not afraid of the condition of my heart. Um, I, in my life, I am someone Who has struggled with a lot of self-hatred and that self-hatred has been rooted in um, thinking that my mistakes and my humanity um, made God love me less. And so in order to make up for that, I became a perfectionist. Um, But I've learned that God is so in love with humanity. He's so in love with humankind and he's so in love with my fragileness and he is in love with the healing process of healing everything that all the hurts from the past um and he's not afraid of it like he's not like oh crap bailing like there's so much we gotta work on oh no like he goes all in and um I think when you know that you can take shame out of the, the equation and you can take shame out of the relationship. Um, it's, I am, I can be, I've learned and I'm so comfortable, um, being open and being honest and being vulnerable about the things that I struggle with. I have zero shame about it. And I have zero shame about it because I've learned that God is in love with my humanity and he's in love with who I am, regardless of my struggles. And none of those things make me less lovable. Um, And getting to that place has been a process, but um, one of the beautiful things about taking shame out of your story and taking shame out of things that have happened to you in the past or or your life is that when when you can remove shame from the equation, you no longer have to change the events or you no longer have to change the facts um, to make a story worth sharing. Um, I think that's what Jesus ultimately did on the cross. He, he died. And when he died, our shame died with him. And then when he was resurrected, peace and wholeness and truth was resurrected in us. Um, And I think, I think His death and resurrection symbolize redemption, a redemption of our own stories, redemption of the shame in our stories, um, because that's who he is. He's a healer, he's a counselor, and he's a redeemer. um, And I've definitely seen him redeem so many parts of my life. Um, So, yeah, that this was a very different episode, um, but hopefully, some of the things that I said resonated with you. And, um, if you ever want to chat about literally anything, um, life, God, um, my story, my journey, feel free to send me a DM, um, either on my personal Instagram account, um, Balen Gad, God, or, um, on the podcast, Instagram at grace and growth podcast. So yeah, I guess that is the end of episode one of season two. Um, and I will see you in the next episode.